Hi, welcome to episode 10 of Thinking Out Loud with Jerry O'Neill. Okay, so today we're going to be talking all things electronic voting. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research on electronic voting, on the electronic voting companies that have been making the headlines for the last three days. In specific reference to the tweet that President Trump put out maybe three days ago, claiming that at least 2.7 million votes have been taken from him or manipulated through electronic voting fraud. The company that got the lion's share of the blame is a Canadian company called Dominion Voting Systems. Now, as we go through this program, I think we'll come to see that they are not the relevant piece of the jigsaw puzzle necessarily. And But before I do that, I should outline where I've sourced my information for today's podcast. And you can I'll have it in the show notes uh, on my Subscribestar page. And you can look it up for yourselves to, to, to decide on the relevancy of it and whether you think it's factual or not. But two of the main places I often go to source material, especially with regard to Democrats, is a combination of OpenSecrets.org, which is which is um, a repository of all financial do- donations that's that are made to candidates and also inf- it's a repository of all the lobbying firms, PAC, super PACs, funding of elections in the United States. So it's a very good source of information. Uh, often I cross-reference names there and also in the WikiLeaks dumps. And I've done that today and it's thrown up a few interesting things. Uh, the WikiLeaks uh, emails from Hillary Clinton and uh, another dump that they put up in two or three years ago from a facility they got access to in Texas are relevant to today's program. And it's in fact the latter where I'm going to start today's program because I think you'll see that the key company in all this alleged electronic voting fraud that's taken place in the United States is from a company called Smartmatic. Some of you will have heard of this company already and it's ties to Venezuela, its origins from Venezuela. But what I'm going to show today is that actually the CIA and a number of intelligence agencies have been aware of this company from the get-go. And it's from WikiLeaks that I'm able to prove that point because there's actually a dispatch from the embassy in Venezuela to the National Security Agency from 2000, as far back as 2006. So we're gonna start in this place, Caracas, July 10, 2006, 
and this correspondence is from the Public Library of U.S. Diplomacy, but it specifically has been sent from Venezuela to a number of different places, but the Secretary of State got uh, this dispatch. The United States Southern Command Miami got this dispatch. The Vatican City got this dispatch. Cuba Havana got this dispatch. The National Security Council got this dispatch. And Netherlands The Hague got this dispatch. And all of them are in varying ways relevant to what we're going to talk about today. But I'm going to dissect this correspondence that was sent by Robert Downs, political counselor. And it was this was classified as confidential in its original classification. And its current classification would also be confidential. So this piece of information was not due to be declassified till 2031, whatever way the classification systems work in the United States. But obviously, WikiLeaks got their hands on it, and it was sent via cable, telegram cable, on the 10th of July, 2006. We're going to just dive into it. But the Venezuelan-owned Smartmatic Corporation is a riddle both in ownership and operation, complicated by the fact that its machines have overseen several landslide and contested victories by President Hugo Chavez and his supporters. The electronic voting company went from a small technology startup to a market player in just a few years, catapulted by its participation in the August 2004 recall re referendum. Smartmatic has claimed to be of US origin, but its true owners, probably elite Venezuelans of several political strains, remain hidden behind a web of holding companies in the Netherlands and Barbados. The Smartmatic machines used in Venezuela are widely suspected of, though never proven conclusively to be, susceptible to fraud. The company is thought to be backing out of Venezuelan electoral events, focusing now on other parts of the world, including the United States, the, its subsidiary, Sequoia. End of summary. So... That's the summary piece to describe the rest of the article. We're going to go through the rest of the article because it's relevant. It's quite easy to understand. Now, the two points we need to take out of today's episode are there's three companies at the heart of this election voting catastrophe. The first is Smartmatic, which we've just introduced. The second is at the end of the summary there, a sequoia. And the third is the Canadian company that everybody's talking about, Dominion Voting Systems. Now, in a large part, the foundation of all of this is Smartmatic. Because Smartmatic, in essence, took over sequoia. Um, but purely, sequoia was like a front company in, in essence, because they were they were United States based, but they were 
as we will find out later in the episode. Managed by mostly people that were on the board of Smartmatic. And the key points we'll also hopefully prove uh, or go through is Smartmatic never lost the intellectual property of their software or their technology throughout its various iterations through different companies. So when they be, when they bought Sequoia, or, um, the Smartmatic software was always, the intellectual property rights were always owned by the original developers in Smartmatic. And the same when 10 years later, five months, not 10 years, but in 2010, Dominion Voting Systems bought Sequoia and in essence bought, theoretically, were buying all of the intellectual property rights of software produced by Smartmatic for Sequoia. But as we'll see, that wasn't the case. So what have we here is we have a dispatch from Caracas, more than likely a CIA dispatch of Smartmatic. So straight straight away, we know that the intelligence communities in the United States in 2006 know that Smartmatic is a corporation that is a problem. Now that's theorizing that the national security agencies of the United States are not themselves involved with Smartmatic because at certain points in this story, you have to ask yourselves, how were Smartmatic allowed to evolve over the last 15 years to a position where almost 50% of the voting machines in the United States, the active voting machines in the United States, are relying on software from this company whose origins, even back in 2006, are quite shady. Okay, so we're just going to move down to um, the dissection of Smartmatic in 2006 by this political councillor, Robert Downs. I assume it's Robert Downs. Smartmatic was founded in the late 90s by three Venezuelans, Antonio Mujica, Alberto Anzola, and Robert and Roger Panata. Apologies for my pronounce, uh, pronunciation. According to Mujica's conversations with political officers in recent years, the three developed a network capable of handling thousands of simultaneous inputs. An earlier application was ATMs in Mexico, but the US presidential election in 2000 led the group to consider electronic voting platforms. Now, we'll stop there for a minute. You have to put a bit of background on this because this is this doesn't make sense to me anyway. Because your uh, South American companies, you think of the cloud of suspicion that was on countries like Venezuela and Colombia and you know Peru in the early late 90s, early noughties, uh, the, the chances of three young 
Venezuelans thinking that they would be able to develop software that the United States would allow to be used in their election systems is quite bananas. It would be more, this is just my opinion, but the US presidential election fiasco in Florida in 2000 would have led the national security apparatus of the United States to start thinking about electronic voting uh, systems to for whatever reason. So uh, I immediately have a problem with that description. Anyway, we'll continue. The company formed the SBC consortium with Venezuelan telecom provider CanTV. At the time, it was 28% owned by Verizon. And a software company called Bit Bizta. Mujica said Smartmatic held 51% of the consortium, Cant TV had 47%, and Bizta 2%. The latter, also owned by Smartmatic owners, was denounced in June 2004 by the press for having received a $200,000 equity investment from a Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela joint venture, venture called Foncri. A Chavez campaign advisor was placed on the board as well. So Bista has this, the Bista ownership bit has this, this seems to be where the connection to the Chavez campaign comes from. So we'll continue. Bista reimbursed what it called the loan when it was made public and shed and got rid of the Chavista board member. So, you know, almost from the get-go, this company is shady, like, because the Bista connection is, uh, is worrying, and it's already, you know, the last line there, it reimbursed what it called, it only reimbursed the $200,000 loan when it was became public and the Chavez board member of the company was only gotten rid of when it was made public. So like this is problematic straight away. Now it would seem to me that the, the three Venezuelan developers, so if we go back, Antonio Mujica, Alberto Anzola, and Roger Pineta were interviewed by what's described in this document as political officers. So if we continue to read the dispatch, it goes, Mujica has told political officers on several occasions that Anzola Pineta and he are the owners of Smartmatic though they have a list of about 30 investors who remain anonymous. Jose Antonia Herrera, Anzola's father-in-law and first cousin to Venezuelan ambassador to the United States, Bernardo Alvarez, told the political officers in 2004, the silent partners were mainly upper-class Venezuelans 
some of whom were staunch Chavez opponents. There were rumors, however, that Smartmatic's early profits came from Venezuelan defense contracts supplied by then Defense Minister Jose Vicente Rangel, whom Chavez later promoted to Vice President. Okay, we'll stop there for a minute. So, almost immediately, what do we know? We know that these three guys were interviewed by political officers who can only have been CIA guys, realistically, in that were located in the embassy down in Caracas. So it's it's clear early on. It's clear from very early on that these these guys are well known. This company is well known, and it's not. Uh, and it's considered like it. It's got political connections. Whether you believe it, they're pro Chavez or anti Chavez. It these these young guys are tied up with a lot of anonymous investors. So. That is, you know, a red, you know that there's a red, there's red flags all over the place with this companies, and um, as far as I can see. So I'll just go back up to this piece of information. So I just scroll down there. I shouldn't have lost my place. Um, there is okay. So. If we continue on, we can go to this paragraph. Perhaps coincidentally, the vice president's daughter, Gisela Rangel Avalos, was the head of the local corporate registry when Smartmatic was registered, which contributed to allegations of the vice president's involvement. These unconfirmed rumors also suggested that one-time Chavez political mentor Louis Mequelana was also a shareholder in the company. But we have to obviously point out these guys, whoever wrote up this report, couldn't confirm those rumors. Mujica first approached the embassy in 2004 when the company was bidding at the National Electoral Council to provide a completely new electronic voting system. Mujica pitched Smartmatic as a U.S. company registered in Delaware with offices in Boca Raton, Florida. In fact, political officers had several discussions with Mujica in the course of facilitating his L1 intercompany transfer visa to work in the United States. Mujica said the company's corporate offices were in Boca Raton, but most of the research staff of some 70 employees remained in Caracas. Smartmatic essentially purchased its electoral expertise by hiring veteran election observer George Tirado and his team of consultants. Tirado served as the interface between Smartmatic and the CNE, which is this National Electoral Council, for several, several elections in, I assume, Venezuela. Okay, so now we're learned to getting into how they're connected to the United States. So obviously they've um, registered company, at least one if not two, in 
in Delaware first, which is like the global Dropbox for all of these um, global companies, because Delaware law, state law is very conducive to, you know, easily setting up companies for business in the United States. Okay, so we're going to just move on now into kind of 2006. In May 2006, Mujica, Mujica, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. In May 2006, Mujica told political officers Smartmatic's corporate structure had changed, which had come out in press reports during 2005. Mujica said that Smartmatic was now two different companies under a Dutch holding company. Okay. The U.S. setup was essentially the same with the Delaware Registry and the Baccaraton Accounting Office overseeing U.S. operations. Smartmatic acquired the U.S. voting machine company Sequoia Voting Systems on March 8, 2005, Mujica reported. All U.S. election machinery is assembled in New York, he said. Mujica noted that while their U.S. operations were important, more than half their sales were outside of Venezuela and the United States. The other, smart co the other Smartmatic company was based in Bridgetown, Barbados, where Mujica said the international sales operation was located. Most of the manufacturing for their electoral and other electronic machinery was done in China. Mujica said, with some component work also done in Taiwan. Smartmatic also manufactures some items in Italy through the company Olivetti, which built the original Smartmatic machines for Venezuela. The research and development shop was still located in Caracas, Mujica noted. So right up to 2006, we're starting to get a bigger picture of how Smartmatic operates. And I just want to keep reminding ourselves of these three Venezuelans who founded the company. Mujica, Antonio Mujica, Alberto Anzola, and Roger Panate. So, obviously, somebody in the intelligence world got hold of Mujica and kind of interviewed him on several occasions and possibly helped with visa applications to the United States. Um, we're not, we don't know that, but what we can see is from this deposition, if you like, it's almost like a deposition um, from this uh, dispatch in from Caracas is that it's very detailed and into as to what they knew about these three guys way back in 2006. So what we've what we've learned here is that you know up into 2006, a large part of the manufacture of all uh, Smartmatic machines and components was done in China, with some done in Italy, but. You know, as it says there, most of the manufacturing for their electoral and other electronic machinery was done in China, Eugene said. So who's to know if one of the of these 30 anonymous investors, who's to know if, if they're Chinese? How do we know that they're not? 
Like, you have to factor in, in 2006, these three guys were 30. So in the mid they were in their mid-20s when they started this whole operation. Somebody had to fund it, so they had to have connections in Venezuela to get this kind of funding. So uh, there is huge controversy over those, 2000, those 2004 elections, I think they were in Venezuela with Chavez, as to whether they had, you know, influence, whether these electronic votings had influence on what happened there. But even now, even now as we're reading of what's gone on in 2006, we still do not know too much about the original investors. And I think we can assume that these three guys didn't have the money themselves. So, and the other thing we note is that the research and development shop was still located in Caracas. So most of their development work was still getting done back in Venezuela, even as they're expanding their international footprint in the United States. They have their LLC set up in Barbados, and they have a holding company set up in the Netherlands. It's all quite, you need to be a forensic accountant to figure out why they're going to all this trouble. But... What will, so the next section of this dispatch is called a shadow of a fraud. Hmm. Of course, the Venezuelan opposition is convinced that Smartmatic machines robbed them of victory in the August 2004 referendum. Since then, there have been at least eight statistical analysis performed on the referendum results. Most of the studies cross-check the results with those of exit polls. The signature drives and previous election results. Sorry, I'll read that again. Most of the studies cross-check the results with those of exit polls, the signature drives and previous election results. One study obtained the data log from the CAN-TV network and supposedly proved that the Smartmatic machines were bi-directional and in fact showed irregularities in how they reported the results to the CNE central server during the referendum. So if you remember, CNE, just to go back, because there can be so much information, these things, that you forget what terms are. That's the National Election Council for Venezuela. So... They gave them the green light to come up with this electronic voting system, and obviously they wanted their the information sent back to a central server. The results sent back to a central server. So, what this section is telling us is that a study was carried out, and the data a data log from a data log from uh, the Can TV network supposedly proved that the machines were bi-directional, which means, I don't know what that means in terms of, you know, it can go both ways, but I don't know how that, um, how that's utilized to affect results. Okay, we'll just dive back into this. Note, the most suspicious data point in the Smartmatic system was that the machines contacted the server before printing their results providing the opportunity at least to change the results and defeat the rudimentary checks set up by international observation missions. 
Since August 2004, the CNE has not repeated this practice. These somewhat conspiratorial reports perhaps serve to breed life into a defeated opposition, but have never proved conclusively, conclusively the fraud. Okay, so, okay, but you have to, you know, you have to, you have to question the motives of the people, the person writing this dispatch as well. But what he is saying basically is that fraud wasn't conclusively proven. However, if we move on, the Smartmatic machines suffered a major blow, however, when in a test prior to the December 2005 National Assembly elections, an opposition technician was able to defeat the machine's allegedly random storage protocols and, therefore, the secrecy of the vote. The technician took advantage of the fact that the computerized machines used a Windows operating system. A simple program downloaded from the internet accessed underlying Windows files created in order as the machine processed Smartmatic's randomizing software. Although Smartmatic officials argued convincingly that such controlled results could not be feasibly replicated. Well, okay, but obviously somebody, a local, a local technician was able to override the sophistication of built-in software by basically taking data down from the Windows structure. So what does that all mean? It sounds terribly familiar to what's going on in the United States where local technicians have certain capabilities that would disable the, which could theoretically disable um, a lot of the security features of the system. Okay, so... If we move on down to the final section of this, it says, at least corruption. If Smartmatic can escape the fraud allegation, there is still a corruption question. Well, before Smartmatic, Venezuelan law had dictated that voting ought to be automated to limit fraud. The US company ES&S and Spanish firm Indra had already sold systems to the electoral body. When the new pro-Chavez CNE was named in September 2003, however, it immediately set out to replace all existing systems. Declaring the bid process to be an emergency, though there was as yet no referendum scheduled, the CNE bypassed normal procedures and initiated a closed bid process. <coughs> Smartmatic won the contract, which totaled at least $128 million, including the delivery of 20,000 touchscreen voting machines yet to be built. There were immediate questions about how a virtually unknown company with no electoral experience could have landed such a large contract. Good question. Mujica asserted to political officers that everything was above board, though he conceded the company may have opened itself up to criticism by hiring a former interior vice minister named Morris Loyo to lobby the government. 
There were additional allegations of impropriety in October 2005 when the press reported that Smartmatic had paid the bill of, of CNE president George Rodriguez at an exclusive Boca Raton resort. The company claimed Rodriguez had reimbursed them for the stay, during which Rodriguez reportedly examined an unspecified electoral system Smartmatic was developing. There were subsequent unconfirmed reports that Rodriguez was lobbying for Smartmatic in other countries. Could well be, could well be, like, it's, you know, it's, you've got, um, Rodriguez, so he's on. He's he's a vice president of the Venezuelan National Electoral Council. Okay, he'd be a valuable resource to a company like Smartmatic, no doubt. Uh, so, yeah, but it's not. You know, it's you know paying the hotel bill of somebody like that. It's as corruption goes. I'm sure it's you know on the lower tier but i suppose what's interesting about smartmatic is when they get out of venezuela and to that end in december 2005 mujica told embassy officials the company was considering terminating its business with the cne allegations of fraud were hurting the company's image he said note Prior to that meeting, Mujica had agreed to loan a voting machine to the embassy for examination. When embassy officials arrived at the office, however, Mujica said he had changed his mind and instead suggested that we contact Smartmatic's Boca Raton office to secure a test machine. Okay, so I went back on his word. Mujica noted that the CNE had purchased the software necessary to operate the machines without his company. Part of the CNE's stated goal of achieving technological independence, though I noticed that CNE regularly holds out until the last minute before hiring them to administer an election. He listed several countries in Latin America where they had either started supplying machines or were pushing for sales. In December, Mujica told political councillors the company is trying to break into Europe and Asia. He mentioned having sales agents in Thailand, Malaysia and the Philippines. They had yet to secure any sales. Of course, via Sequoia, Smartmatic is already working in a dozen US states. Okay, we're going to stop there for a second. So review all we've learned from that particular portion. I can say now in hindsight that the Smartmatic were successful in, um, I think, getting uh, into the Philippines and Thailand. But as you can see, even in 2006, the CIA are aware that Smartmatic, through Sequoia, are already working in a dozen US states. They don't, and they're, they don't seem to, this dispatch doesn't seem too worried about that fact. So it, it, would, it would make you wonder, like, as to why the intelligence services in the United States didn't do something to stop 
Smartmatic at this point in time. So we're just going to move on to the conclusion here, um, where the writer of this dispatch gives a comment. Smartmatic is a riddle. The company came out of nowhere to snatch a multi-million dollar contract in an electoral process that ultimately reaffirmed Chavez's mandate and all but destroyed his political opposition. The, the perspective we have here after several discussions with Smartmatic is that the company is de facto Venezuelan and operated by Venezuelans. The identity of Smartmatic's true owners remains a mystery. Our best guess is that there are probably several well-known Venezuelan businessmen backing the company who prefer anonymity either because of their political affiliation or perhaps because they managed the interests of senior Venezuelan government officials. And this, it's signed at the bottom as Brownfield. So I, I said at the top of this program, the, um, the classification was done by Robert Downs, political counsellor. I assumed he wrote it, but it seems to be signed off by somebody called Brownfield. I don't know if that's a code name or what it is. But, okay, so what have we got here? Are we expected to believe that the intelligence services of the United States were happy with this description that they have in their comment. It remains a riddle. Smartmatic is a riddle. The company came out of nowhere to snatch multi-million dollar contracts in an electoral process that ultimately reformed Chavez's mandates. Okay, so the United States at that point in time are totally not for Chavez and they've in in interviewed um, one of the founders of Smartmatic on at least what would seem a number of different occasions about the origins of Smartmatic. And they're taken over of a company called Sequoia in the United States, or purchase of a, a small company in the United States called Sequoia. Now we'll go into a bit about Sequoia, but Sequoia essentially are in the business of printers and specialized paper, so ballot papers with you know specialized markings. There, the software element of all of these systems comes from the core smart smartmatic group of developers who, according to this dispatch, were all based in Caracas, in Venezuela. Well, it, it it's beyond belief to me that the uh, American intelligence services are not worried about the fact that this company has their fingers in 12 states of the United States at that point in time. So it, it riddle me that as to why they were allowed to continue or if there is something more nefarious afoot with regard to intelligence interaction with this company. So what I can say about everything up to this point, this is, comes directly out of a dispatch from that WikiLeaks got uh, their hands on. So I think what we can say is the information in in the in this um, dispatch is legitimate. Like somebody didn't just make this up. Now, as to whether it's just a kind of cover note for the people that 
interviewed Mujika and the rest of the Smartmatic people. There's no way they would have not dug into the details of who owns this company, who the backers were. I just find that impossible to believe. But it's a good starting point. It's a good jumping in point uh, for some quality background on the company uh, Smartmatic and these three Venezuelans that founded it. Now, one of the other things I wanted to talk about here is uh, to jump up a little bit towards today. So what we know at the moment is Dominion Voting Systems, the Canadian company, purchased uh, Sequoia in sometime in, I think, in 2010. But what, we'll go, what, what we have to know about Dominion Voting Systems is they, are, they were quite a small company until they started making some kind of serious purchases in the United States. So I'm going to jump into a, a, an article from a recent article that kind of lays out the background of Dominion and how they kind of got tied up with Sequoia and how Sequoia and Smartmatic operated. So some of this is going over old ground, but it ties into the dispatch I just read because it, it talks about the three young Venezuelan engineers, Mujica, Anzola, and Pinache, who founded the company Smartmatic in Delaware in the United States. So at all points of this is that the company's origins were in the United States from 2000. Due, uh, and due to their kind of Ops, you know, they talk, they talk about the, uh, these three guys as idealists, dedicating themselves to the development of software that could manage electoral processes in a better way. So what I'm going to do is dive into this is from El American, and it was produced in the last week, but it's um, a, a huge, I'm not going to read all of it, but the background is very good on it, so I'll have links to it in uh, the show notes. According to the New York Times, at the beginning of 2004, a Venezuelan government financing agency invested more than $200,000 in a technology company owned by the same owners of Smartmatic, Bitsa. So we, we saw from the dispatch that that Bitsa had a kind of a 2% ownership in, in Smartmatic, and that we... we went over that $200,000. Now, it's described in this article as a Venezuelan government financing agency. You know, it, it's not as, you know, it's it's more broad than that, I think, is what we're beginning to understand. So, there, uh, I'm going to skip down here to the battle for Sequoia. Census acquisition by Smartmatic in March 2005 Sequoia has worked hard to market its voting machines in Latin America and other developing countries, reads a report in the New York Times. The goal is to create the world leader in electronic voting solutions, Smartmatic spokesman Mitch Stuller told the US newspaper. An important detail is that right after the company of the three Venezuelans acquired the electronic voting company Sequoia, 
Smartmatic reorganized itself into a holding of several companies with headquarters in Delaware, Smartmatic International, the Netherlands, Smartmatic International Holdings, BV, and Curacao, Smartmatic International Group. Now, that ties in with what we discussed from the dispatch that came out of um, the embassy in Venezuela. So if we skip down here, uh, the government should just, we'll just bear with me a second now. Sequoia's machines began to be tested and as in Venezuela, irregularities began to occur. In August 2007, then California Secretary of State Deborah Bowen withdrew approval and vetoed Sequoia's voting and opt optical scan machines after a review of the machines certified for use in California in 2007 found significant security weaknesses in the entire Sequoia system. Now that's quite interesting. And it's not come out, it's not come out anywhere that California had uh, used it and a lot of these machines are, was um, tried to approve in a number of these machines and found, found a lot of problems with them. All of the software that Sequoia was using was in fact from Smartmatic. The old voting machines were renovated and all of their technology was developed and patented. As a consequence of the changes that Smartmatic was promoting in Sequoia, the company managed to be successful until after the controversies and the warning call from Congresswoman Maloney, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States ordered in November 2007 that Smartmatic sell Sequoia. So we're beginning to see that Smartmatic is developing an optics problem and that I guess we know from the dispatch I've already read that they were sourcing and manufacturing a lot of their most of their components in China. I don't know if that fell into it, if that continued on as they operated through Sequoia. But obviously, the heat, they were starting to feel some heat at the end of 2007, and a separation was being asked or they, they viewed a separate uh, separation of sequoia and smartmatic was necessary to continue now what, the, what we're going to find out is it never really they never really split in an article published on april 10th 2008 jur journalist bradley friedman writes smartmatic had been forced to relinquish control of sequoia after the media and Congress noticed that the company had links to Hugo Chavez, well, what I, the CIA knew they had links to Hugo Chavez two years earlier, so it, it's this is this is bananas. In the end, the buyers were the company's own managers, but those with U.S. citizenship. So what? So who bought Sequoia? Sequoia's own managers. And Squire's own management were Smartmatic guys. So this is Smartmatic guys that were U.S. citizens. So like this is almost like a front operation. But the verdict did not end Smartmatic's controversial relationship with Sequoia, obviously when the managers bought the company. In fact, in April 2008, market competitor, 
part intercivic tried to acquire Sequoia in a hostile move. This led to the involvement of the courts and obviously Smartmatic's um, continued influence was exposed. So um, that court proceeding, whatever it was, revealed that Smartmatic still retained much of the financial control of Sequoia. Smartmatic also crucially continued to retain ownership of the rights to some of the products that Sequoia had deployed throughout the United States. In fact, Sequoia CEO at the time was Jack Blaine, who had been an executive at Smartmatic. So, like, obviously, this this is almost like this is almost like a drug cartel, like the way it's operating. Finally, pressure was applied, and the owners of Sequoia, who had been exposed shortly before, sold the company in two thousand and ten, and. The buyer this time was a small Canadian company that manufactures electronic voting equipment and optical scanners, Dominion Voting Systems. So again, these guys sound like they're more on the hardware side of it as opposed to the software side of it. But we'll continue. That day, the Canadian company not only bought Sequoia, but also acquired all the software and technological development that Smartmatic had patented and which the, contra which the controversial company linked to Chavismo still owned. So let's look at that. So theoretically, at this point, Canada, the Canadian company, Dominion Voting Systems, it sounds like they bought all the software and they bought all the patents so that you would think that there's a clear split now Dominion Voting Systems has nothing to do with Smartmatic, but let's read it again. The Canadian company not only bought Sequoia, but also acquired all the software and technological development that Smartmatic had patented, and which the controversial company LinkedIn still owned. So they're making that statement that basically the intellectual property rights of anything in Sequoia's possession was now passed on to um, Dominion. But we, we'll see that isn't necessarily the case. Now, before Dominion bought Sequoia, they also took a 20, uh, uh, they also took uh, control and interest in another com company called Premier Election Solutions also known as Diebold Premier in 2010. So between buying Sequoia and Diebold Premier, this small Canadian company, Dominion Voting Systems, suddenly finds itself in possession of almost 50% of the private electoral market of electronic voting in the United States. It's mad. There were two competitors left, ESNS with 40% and Hart Intercivic with 10%. And, this is, and that's according to the Huffington Post in 2017. So you can see these, these two key, these two key, uh, we have these two key investments has now suddenly meant Dominion Voting Systems are the, the number one in the electronic voting market in the United States. Wow. We don't know much as to the background of 
it's probably not an accident that they chose a Canadian company um, because they wouldn't come under the same gaze um, as if it was an American company that requires, you know, a proper American company that bought Sequoia. Um, let me just move on because some of this, this is quite an in-depth article about it, but some of it is we've gone over some of this road already with the purchase dominion. Limited the ability of it. Okay, let's just get that bit. So, uh, let's go down here to from when they discovered a problem. Later, it was discovered that Smartmatic still had interests with Sequoia, and to make matters worse, control the company's intellectual property. Now, we already said a few minutes ago that Dominion. I had bought the, we thought they'd bought their intellectual property. But now it turns out it was discovered Smartmatic still had the interest in, in the company's intellectual property, even res reserving rights to negotiate through non-competition agreements abroad. The Foreign Investment Committee had agreed to close the investigation if Smartmatic divested itself of Sequoia in its entirety. Now, who is the real owner of Sequoia Intellectual Property that was acquired by Dominion? According to the Huffington Post, a spokesman for Dominion confirmed that Smartmatic's intellectual property was not included in the Sequoia transaction because Sequoia did not own it. So this is absolutely bad. So here we're still, we're going into late 2010. It's, and Dominion are discovering, or maybe they knew, but they're uh, claiming that they've paid for a company where they don't own any of the intellectual property rights of uh, software. The big detail is that Dominion, in its press release, secured the purchase of Sequoia's inventory and all intellectual property. In other words, this misled or was directly false information that happened without suspicion. I was curious that the Huffington Post did this huge investigation back in 2010 and they're silent at the moment so again the Huffington Post know all the ins and outs of the problems with this company and the intellectual property and I am sure they found what I found on the origins of the company in Venezuela so it just goes to show you that given the political climate in the United States that any major newspaper should be able to see that there's a there was a build-up of an issue with this company Smartmatic. So, Smart, so they went back at this point in 2010 to query the Dominion people and that press release that they gave to people on the purchase of Sequoia. And the spokesman's response was as follows. Smartmatic's intellectual property is Smartmatic's intellectual property. Sequoia didn't own it, and therefore was not part of the transaction. Dominion purchased all the intellectual property owned by Sequoia. That is what was reflected in the press release. So basically, Dominion purchased all the intellectual property owned by Sequoia, which seems to be nothing. So you might as well... You know, it's semantics of language. 
Now, this piece goes through how Texas has rejected Dominion voting on a number of occasions, thank God. But um, what I want to pull down to is the... There's an interesting piece here that I want to get to. Um, and it's... Um, where we're at kind of today. And it's a fact I stumbled across in with regard to Los Angeles. So you'd imagine that Smartmatic has kind of drifted off into the background. Nothing could be further from the truth because the county of Los Angeles on June 12, 2018 approved a contract with Smartmatic USA Corporation for prime contractor implementation services under the Voting Solutions for All People project. So basically, Smartmatic won a contract for $282 million to provide electronic voting machines to Los Angeles County. So how or why that is I I don't I'm not exactly sure how that ties in with um Dominion voting whether why the contract is um with Smartmatic USA and perhaps they're out on their own but they're not mentioned as a big player in on their own in the United States but I can see here I'm looking at the contract and it says the register county clerk requesting board approval for of a new contract with Smartmatic USA corporations to manufacture hardware and software and implement new custom-designed ballot marking devices, BMDs, in collaboration with Los Angeles County under Voting Solutions for All People. So it's a two, look, and this was done 2018 with a view to producing the machines for 2020. So look, it's uh, effective from June 2018 through to March 31st, 2027, with three two-year optional extensions and a maximum dollar amount of $282 million. So, like, uh, Smartmatic are very much at the heart of electoral, uh, elect, uh, electronic voting in the United States up to current, currently. Um, and... That, you know, that is quite amazing to me that this company has, through various different... So what we have here is two strands. We have the strand of Smartmatic kind of stealthily owning uh, Sequoia, trying to consolidate um, in the US market, having to divest Sequoia or divest out of Sequoia and eventually that's sold off to Dominion Voting Systems in Canada. But Smartmatic still own all the intellectual property on that software and component stuff, technology. So if you think about it, Smartmatic obviously in the interim have gone off to do their own thing with Smartmatic USA. And the interesting thing there is that means they have their own stuff. And they have their stuff that's proprietary software with Dominion. So, in essence, how much of the um, 
electoral um, market do they actually have? Uh, it's a question somebody has. But what we can see, what I can see from this contract, Los Angeles County Register, is that in 2018 they were given a nearly $300 million contract for just Los Angeles County. It's mind-blowing because considering how much trouble this company has kind of had in its um, since its inception. Now, maybe Smartmatic USA is completely different to Smartmatic whatever holding companies or whatever, but you can see that it's quite... Um, it's a quite a maze of different holding companies here in the United are in the United States. They have their European group company in the Netherlands in Europe. And then they have whatever they have in Barbados. That's probably for tax purposes or whatever. But But I suppose where does that leave us today? So if we just recap on what we've learned is that the CIA are political operators from the embassy in, Vin in <clears throat> Caracas in Venezuela, interview the founder, one, at least one of the founders of Smartmatic in 2006. And if you fast forward up to 2018, and I, this is just based on the analysis or research I've been able to do today and I found a contract that's freely available that shows Smartmatic USA are in a contract with Los Angeles County to provide electronic voting for you know at least 2027 20, and with the possibility to go into 2033. So I haven't seen anything about that in the media uh, in the last week but I suppose I'm going to try and there's a lot of information there to digest and I've been going on here for nearly an hour. I will probably have follow-up podcasts on what we've learned here today. Uh, the only final thing I would put on this is that both Smartmatic USA and Dominic, uh, sorry, and the um, Dominion voting systems both lobby the US government so it's getting back to my two sources of information one was the WikiLeaks and I've quoted from a few articles there but they're 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 sound sources and when the at, you know at the time of writing some of those articles that was pre the election debacle so you know the the Huffington Post and the New York Times are quite happy to go in detail about um, some of these um electronic voting problems when they thought the problems might benefit the Republican people. And now we've seen that, you know, Dominion voting systems have questions to answer as to whether or not they malfunctioned, let's put it that way, <laughs> malfunctioned in the 2020 presidential elections. But uh, both Dominion spent... Dominion voting systems have lobbied the government, uh, lobby, lobbied uh, in 2020 and 2019 to the tune of about $230,000. And Smartmatic have, um, USA have a different lobbying company who have lobbied for about one hundred and twenty grand in 
2020. An interesting point about the lobbying firm that Dominion voting systems are utilizing, and it is a, it's a lobbying firm called Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek. I probably have that pronunciation butchered, but um, they have six registered lobbyists. David Philip Cohn, Nadiem Elshami, Brian McKeown, William Michelle, Zachary Feister, and Brian Wyatt. But point to note is Nadiem Elshami was the public affairs assistant to Nancy Pelosi back in 2011 or 2012. So there he, he, you know, he is fairly deep ties with the Democratic Party now. To be fair, Brownstein Hyatt are, you know, they have Republican deeply connected lobbyists as well. I think one of them, it's either Brian McKeown or Brian Wilde, is, you know, serious uh, connections to the Republican Party. The thing with what you find with these lobbying firms is, you know, someone like this Brownstein and Hyatt, they have maybe 50 or 60 lobbyists in the company. And, you know, they're split between the people that have deep ties with the Democrats and people that have deep ties with the Republican Party. They don't care in terms of this is the swamp, if you like. It's like you have all these people that had formerly positions in the Washington apparatus of government, government. Um, whether it's in the State Department, whether it's in, as solicitors or in the AG's office or the Justice Department or wherever they might have been, they leave office and they go out to lobbying firm. Like I call them a lobbying firm. They probably call themselves public relations, public, whatever the title they give themselves. But they're just, you know, interested in funding, using their influence and their former positions too fund to basically generate business for these companies so i don't think there's anything particularly interesting other than the fact i was curiosity to me that nadim el-shami was a public affairs assistant with speaker pelosi and he his name came up in in wikileaks as well on a visit that Nancy Pelosi must have taken to Syria back in 2011, 2012, and he was listed as one of the people that was um, on the trip with her in, at, that, at that point in time. There's no connection, obviously, between that. I was, uh, to that and electronic voting or anything, but um, he has that lobbying firm that uh, Dominion Voting Systems used is, uh, has... Nadim Chami as one of their registered lobbyists for them. Uh, to be honest, 150, I think they spent maybe 150 grand in or 130 grand in 2019 lobbying and maybe 60, 70, 80 in 2020. In the grand scheme of how much money gets spent on lobbying, it's not a lot. But you know, what we're seeing is, I think, you know, Dominion have been in publicly in the news, I think, with regard to systems implemented in the state of Georgia and the ties that, the, you know, someone close to the governor, uh, someone close to the governor of Georgia 
has ties with Dominion. So you can see it's kind of a cesspool of connections when you when you dive into this. You don't you don't have to scratch too deeply to find a governor that has a member of staff that's very closely tied to uh, a lobbying firm or, or, you know, a particular company that stands to make a huge amount of money in decisions that, you know, state individual states can make. And we look, I, there's a lot more to this, but I think I wanted to do a podcast today on the aspects that I haven't seen in the press with regard to the origins of Smartmatic and how, you know, the CIA would have known about these guys from the get-go and whether they have any influence with them, that these guys could survive for so long undetected and kind of un- undisturbed, having, you know, known about the Chavez connection in the origins of this company so it, uh, it, my my opinion would be that it, it's impossible that they don't have s- intelligence agencies do not have some sort of influence with this electronic voting s- system or systems that are in place in the united states um because it's largely what you find when you go through um a lot of this stuff is it's largely, at a federal level, it's largely unregulated. And it doesn't seem to bother anybody that, you know, the origins of Smartmatic is they had very deep ties to having their machines manufactured in China from as far back as 2006 and components. So it's, you know, I'm sure if you dig deep into that, it might throw up um, even more kind of problems, if you like, going forward. But all I want to say now is we'll end off the podcast. You can get me on at Vox Deplorables at, on Twitter or at Vox Deplorables on Parler. My, you can subscribe to the podcast on, uh, what's the name of it again? Or subscribe star forward slash Jerry O'Neill. If you do, uh, if you do a search for Box Deplorables or Jerry O'Neill, you'll find my subscribe star page. I post all of my content on Subscribe Star, whether written or podcast.